0: All right, welcome back to a the third half hour of Green Rush, our really live cannabis business talk show every Friday afternoon here on Pro Cannabis Media. I'm Jimmy Young, the founder of Pro Cannabis Media. A reminder that Weed Talk News, our weekly news show, follows this really live show on a live stream. Man, wasn't it easier when it was just on the air and you could just watch it and see it wherever? Anyway, that's what we're doing now. That's what you can get at. And we're happy uh, that you can actually hang out and watch that new show because- Uh, First of all, uh, my Washington State correspondent, Josh Kincaid of The Talking Hedge, is a guest host today and now is becoming a good friend of pro-cannabis media. We really appreciate him. And Doug Miller is with us as well from New Jersey. And if you don't know anything about the New Jersey market or the New York market, you should, because those two markets combined will eventually pass California okay and in california is there might even be a little you know under the radar contest going on uh who's going to sell the most weed in in the four or five year period that's what i think anyway could happen i don't know doug you tell me is it crazy down there in in new jersey Uh, are the lines have they dissipated at the adult use stores that are open
1: i mean they they're not all the way around the block right now but uh you go before a holiday, most Fridays, people like to get their Thursdays and Fridays. They're, they're definitely around the corner. They're not all the way down the block, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's a very booming industry. And, um, and yeah, they, they keep opening up more dispensaries, as I was saying. They're opening up better dispensaries, not so much the multi-states and, um, and the quality is becoming a little bit better, which is people are starting to enjoy.
0: Yeah. Hey, Josh, Washington State, a mature state. We've talked about some of the issues there uh, as well. Uh, Are you finding after time it is the craft grower that seems to be the go-to product in the space?
2: Not right now. What I'm finding out right now is people are just trying to get what they can afford yeah. Um, I I ask the butt tenders every time like what's the number one product right now? Why? What are you seeing? Um, just grilling them, you know, like 30 questions, whatever. Uh and, but basically what I'm seeing is what's on sale and the mass amount of traffic that comes is when there's a discount. So that's pretty much why there's not uh why 420 is no longer the number one uh day of the year. There's Green Wednesday, there's Cyber Monday, there's Black Friday, there's all these other days of the year that are way bigger. Because people want to just get through the experience with their in-laws, you know, so they're going to the cannabis shop, rather than, um, you know, 420 that doesn't have the same deals like why, why deal with the lines on a 420 when you have the same deals on a Tuesday or Friday, Saturday, just doesn't make sense anymore. So I think people are waiting for those deals. And that's really what's driving consumer behavior right now is price. Not only that, but I tried, you know, I tried different stuff all the time. And when a $200 ounce is, you know, 140, I'm like, okay, let's try that out. And I try it and I'm like, wow, that's trash. That's just as bad as this $30 ounce I bought in Tacoma last year. It's like, there's no difference. So I'm like, maybe I need to get out of this region because I buy SeaTac. Maybe it's it's probably tourist weed and maybe the better stuff is in another region or something. So it's regional. Right. right. So, how do you find where the deals at? By the way, if somebody's listening and you're in technology, create a website so I know where the deals are at. I'll sh- I'll drive 20 minutes if there's a good deal on a big fat blunt. Huh.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's a that, and 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 I love and in, in ingenuity and entrepreneurship in this in this industry uh, as well. But the craft grow. Think about this: we're we'll the multi state operator has multi state growing verticals all over the country, and and. They have a ton, literally tons of cannabis versus um, your favorite person who's out there growing it in their backyard with really good genetics, really good seeds, understands hydroponics, is doing it organically, and he produces better quality product because there's less of it and he can care for it better, right?
1: I agree, but... uh when you get some of these master growers and I I just think New Jersey is a little behind on that scene. You need some people from out West, California, Colorado, some people like people that have been in the industry for a while running big warehouse type grows. And, uh, yeah, they can, they can tend to that thing and make the buds perfect. I mean, when I travel out West and do the conventions, it's, I love it. I mean, it's so much fun because of the quality is so much better. Um, so, yeah, I mean, our, our black market, honestly, our underground market's better than our dispensaries around here. And that's definitely. a fact. I mean, definitely. Can,
0: you're, we're all in agreement on that one, I yeah, guess. It's right? sad.
1: It, it's so sad, but it's the truth.
0: Um, And, and yet the other thing that I actually think uh, has been a good thing for the industry is if you do happen to partake and go with the legacy market, and have that product, and you want to get that product tested, most testing labs will take a $50 fee to test your own home grow, or wink, wink, wherever you happen to get it from. And I think that's a great, I think that's a great service to have as well, just so you can see what the chemical uh, compounds is, the different cannabinoids in there, and those terpenes that steer it all, and I really sound like I know what I'm talking about, but I really don't. I just spew out those words. You, you guys know that. I'm sorry. Hey, Josh, are, I, think, but, I was
2: going to say, to your point about um, craft growers coming up, it, it has to come in a cycle, right? Right now, there's too much... Uh, Price compression on the small growers because of some of the automation, just got back from MJ BizCon and a lot of equipment that's unaffordable. And so when you have 18 people and you're spending $100,000 on labor because you can't afford a $200,000 machine, it doesn't make sense to me. But when you're in the grind and you can't rub, you don't have time to rub two brain cells together to figure that out. Uh, some of those guys are going to fail for for obvious reasons when we take a look back, but that creates opportunities, and those opportunities are going to be somebody else found the land. Just to compare, like a a, a normal business uh, situation, Burger King spends zero money researching real estate. They wait for McDonald's and then they open up next door and save tens of you know millions of dollars. So somebody already has an ISO or. You know, whatever certification facility they need. And they go out of business, bam, somebody comes in and out from the ashes rises the Phoenix and we have craft growers, but we can't do that until we have, you know, MSOs completely dominate, create the structure, the pricing, you know, whatever the floor is. And the lobbyists. Yep. Yeah, I can go and get a thirty dollar rec ounce, but I'll pay one sixty if it's consistent in quality, right? There's got to be some happy medium there. I don't want to pay one sixty. I will go and get one thirty, but supplement it for for something else. Right now, when when prices are tough, right, because gas and everything else is is in, is impacting everyone's budget. So I I do think that we will get the uh, connoisseur cannabis, but it's not going to be soon enough.
0: Interesting. And uh, we didn't even get into that. I really wanted to ask the uh, the two CEOs we had about home grow and what is the company line on home grow? Because I would think that they don't like it and want to legislate it out of the market, but is it really fair to us to tell us what we can and can't grow in our backyards?
2: Cookies is selling uh, seeds now. So they know that if they have the genetics, you're gonna to want to buy their brand. So they're they're cutting into everything, starting out with not even his music, but just branding and then marketing and then everything else comes second. Uh, unfortunately, quality too, from my experience. Yeah, uh, but people love it; and they keep coming back. They don't care how dry and nasty that fifty dollar blunt was. <laughs>
1: no they do they have been doing a, he's crushing it uh with the branding and the marketing i i totally agree with you i haven't tried the product so i'm not sure but i haven't heard good things like you're saying so uh i'll take that and uh but, yeah they're kill but i i do agree too with the uh, genetics i say it all the time because um i think a lot of the uh homegrown genetic companies and the, the the better genetics are going to do really well coming up because people are going to get into the growing scene. That's why I was saying like Viva sun and companies like that, that are just bigger with the tents and the lights and have everything and make it simple. I mean, you can just buy a whole grow kit for very cheap. And well, it, it's well, not like the lighting system, like back in the day, that's going to run your electric up like crazy. I mean, you can have a tent running all day with the fans and everything, and you don't even know. And, uh, Yeah, I think
2: some I think the growing is going to become a much bigger scene. And if nothing, if not for anything else, it's gotta be for the consistency because you can go into these stores and you can't go back and get your particular cultivar even if you wanted it. And so I think for that reason, if nothing else, people will grow. You want Blue Dream from you know 2015, or you want that, you know, legacy strain, whatever it is, White Widow, whatever a lot of times you can't get what you want uh, i talked to a guy yesterday who was growing uh, you know seattle super chronic strain And said, Nah, man, we don't we don't grow that anymore. Actually, everything when we first started is is all changed because the entire industry just kind of changes and and flies after the wedding cake or whatever's popular, you know, and kind of a dog chasing its tail rather than going after something that somebody wants consistently and reliably, no matter what. And I think that's one of the biggest detriments to the industry industry is not offering a reliable product that people can get consistently over and over. I thought Blue Dream was going to be that boring um product you could go back and unfortunately like you you can't go and get something over and over again it's just not available and it's kind of annoying
1: (laughs) it's funny you say it's funny you say blue dream because every time i go out last and then he dispensary has it i don't ever look at the percentages because it's nonsense anyway but all mm-hmm. the time blue dream you pick it off it's always going to be a solid strain for you it's going to do whatever you want it to do it's amazing and it's funny you say that because it's like the go-to strain and it is it's very it was everywhere for years and now it's like nowhere i don't mm-hmm. know what happened to it
0: you guys do you guys buy into the doom and gloom that a lot of people are predicting for the industry uh, a race to the bottom um closures uh, or is that going to be literally going to be just a phase before the next wave comes in? What, what's your what, what the state of the industry right now for both of you guys as you look at it, Josh? What do you think? You were just at MJ BizCon. I mean, I heard it was a great show, packed.
2: It was. I'm not entirely convinced that MJ BizCon's peak was 2019. I'm going to maybe go again next year and, and see, but I, I think maybe that. That conference may have peaked in 2019, and we will see massive amounts of consolidation and less people going and less booths. Even though there was, you know, more people and more booths, it didn't seem like it for for various reasons. It was speakers were down a hallway. It was two levels, um, and it, they were consolidated into. Um, their own industry. So all the machines were in one spot, all the insurance was in one spot. So if you didn't care about recruiting or HR, you just skipped them. So a lot of people were playing on their phones. And so it was interesting to see, but you did get to, you know, witness what was happening in the industry and um, the movements. And it's definitely scaling and automating and and normalizing. Um, But I think, you know, what, like I mentioned with the debt, that, that we have in, in, in all of North America, Canada and the U S that's going to have to fall apart. Um, Constellation brands wrote off a couple billion Aurora canopy growth. Everybody's writing off money that was, that was invested poorly. And they're kind of coming back to realization of what's a true valuation. How are we going to raise capital? How do we move this business forward? There's very few companies that are doing it in a way that. Um, is making financial sense that th- where there's accretive deals and not the deals like Hexo and and Tilray, in my opinion, not financial advice, but those aren't that's not a really good accretive deal. Those are two zombies holding each other up. And I think we see too much of that in this industry to the point where it needs to fall apart in order to take advantage of opportunities. There's too many distressed assets. Let it fail. There's a lot of altruistic individuals not paying themselves. Let it fail. Like it's not kind to say, but there's too much in the industry. We don't have 400 tomato growers in Washington, but we do producers. So let's get some of the noise out of the way. I bought uh, an ounce last 420 that had spider mites in it. Those guys got to go out of business. Mm. There's too much trash in the industry. Like let's just flush it down and let's let some connoisseurs kind of rise to the top. But right now, they're just jockeying for position. And so, yes, there is going to be some doom and gloom. But what comes from that is seriously good stuff.
0: Okay. what, What do you think, Doug?
2: I think we're going
1: to see some doom and gloom all across the board in the economy in the next year and a half. So... And in this industry alone, yes, I totally agree with Josh. It's just so oversaturated. There's so many people in the industry. Everyone thinks that they're in the industry. They're going to make a million dollars like the next day. They don't understand. I, I mean, again, we we all go to the, a lot of the conventions. And you see newer people at these conventions. And I've been going for, you know, seven years now for a while. And you just see you see the same people in the industry that learn how to pivot and make it. And then you see new people all the time that have high hopes and you'll never see them again because they just don't understand how much work and time. And the. Re- I tell everyone, you know, go find out the regulations and the laws in your towns or wherever you want to work, go to them towns and start talking to people. And uh, no one wants to start there. They just have these ideas. Someone just told me yesterday. the other day. He wants me to look at it as a business plan for a, uh, a smoke shop and i'm like did you find out at that, that town will even allow you to have a license and he goes no and i go well, what do i read your business plan for <laughs> like it's a waste of my time well you go and find out first before you waste anyone's time and they just don't understand this sense of business and how to run things and they jump into things and like you said josh there's a million people and it's just completely flooded and there's a lot of people making bad decisions because they just don't understand a the market space and b how to even operate and uh it is it's going to be a doom and gloom because right you're seeing it right now people are being forced back to work because you know prices are high and people try to they, they stretched out that whole COVID relief and everything else and not working for as long as possible. And now it's catching up to people.
2: Yeah. And- Gary Santos in the last segment mentioned about being a consumer product goods and wanting to move in that direction. But they've got the foundation of the industry and understand being in 37 states and internationally, whereas Tilray had no idea what they were doing. They bragged, you know, Brandon Kennedy bragged about not being in the industry and not needing to, mm-hmm. and then trying to just fall on the back of soccer moms who found alternative products. So it's really, really important. And I try to emphasize this anytime I can and throw Till Ray right under the bus anytime I can, not financial advice. Um, but you have to know the industry. And when people say, oh, this is a consumer product, good company, we're just CPG. No, you're not. If you don't understand the culture, you're going to fail in the cannabis industry. hmm
1: agree 100 percent. you have to be in it know it and just live it all the time and not just been in it for the not just have gotten into the space in the last year and think you're going to thrive because you're about to own a cannabis company or you started an idea and uh yeah that's just the mindset that so many people have they have cannabis company or industry and i'll make i'm going to be rich and it's just so far-fetched it's crazy
0: what part of the investment community is the most um, solid right now in the cannabis space? And I'm I'm going to re- real estate, plant touching, ancillary, manufacturing of the you know the interstate commerce that is going on with with cannabis right now, uh, and it is legal to replicate a license based on genetics, so. Um, I mean, a recipe, not a license, a recipe, uh, what part, if you were somebody with a ton of money, Josh, um, where would you put it if you wanted to invest in cannabis?
2: I'd stay away from brands right now, especially if you don't know what you're doing. You have no idea what that intrinsic value is. Where a lot of the money is flowing into is retail and cultivation. And that's more than likely because they're in vertically integrated States. So that's pretty much 80 to 90% of all of the money is going into that. And a couple of deals are going here and there, but majority of all deals is vertical integration in limited licensed states like Arizona and New York.
0: Right. And, and uh, where would you put your money, Mr. Doug?
1: Just the agriculture, real estate side of things because it's going to get your returns because everything else is just, uh, it's just, too scary to be honest with you there's it's just too oversaturated with every product so how do you really separate yourself and i own a cannabis company so i know you i mean it's it's so oversaturated with everything it's it's so hard to distinguish what company is better than the next or they all just blend together and don't get me wrong there's definitely quality companies and there's definitely quality there's definitely companies that just put out product because they have the name recognition and they can put out a lot of product and make a lot of money and uh and and people will buy both products but there's just it's just crazy you can't you can't really distinguish yourself from anybody
0: so how do you educate the non-user but the curious one about what the plant can do to enhance your life and do it in a way that doesn't come off as oh you're just a stoner or you just want to use it or, or recreate. I even hate the word recreational. Okay. It's adult use. It's a product that needs to be used responsibly, just like alcohol is. And just like everything else in the world is controlled by adults. Some of them aren't very adult either. Uh, that being said, how, do how do we, um, how long will it take to reach that normalization, not legalization, but acceptance that it's here. And, um, you know, I'm only judging on my own home state of Massachusetts, and people are starting to accept that it's not going anywhere and that these stores aren't evil, and they're not having, you know, lines around the corner every single day, and they have to bring in police detail, and the impact fees are have been challenged. Some of them are going away now. Um, that was the 3%, you know, on top of the license Of The host community agreement that you had to pay here in the state. Um, So I get it's a big question. And Josh, I don't think you have an answer for it. But how in the world are we going to educate the people that are just curious when it's still an illegal product at the federal level?
2: Uh, the way I attacked it in 2015 was reaching out to anybody who would listen and and try to promote an active cannabis lifestyle because the, the narrative was a, an indica, lazy, you melt in your couch kind of narrative. So, uh, you know, Sabo Shin was a guest on here uh, a few weeks back um, with the Vape Exhale. And so he's really good with jujitsu and so started kind of marketing that way. Um, that was his thing. Um, You know, I've talked to Lofa Tutupu, NFL player. Um, I had an event actually at the Moda Center, the Rose Garden in Portland with Cliff Robinson, uh, where we had cannabis companies and cannabis on display and everything in a suite, and just trying to be there when Denver played um, Portland. So it was the Nugs versus Blazers blazers, nugs. Nice. So, uh, that was kind of to be this, this thing where we're normalizing it's cannabis companies there and we're active cannabis lifestyle, um, and just try to professionalize it. And so that kind of just trying to be professional, trying to be normal, uh, trying to do with sports, um, was the way, cause with Lofa Tutupu, as he mentioned, if he was doing CBD, he'd still be playing with the Seahawks. So I, I believe CBD is kind of the gateway into that normalization, uh, but if we, you know, if we come in from a standpoint of like active cannabis lifestyle and professional and normalization, I think that's really what's going to get some of those folks on board and say, oh, it's 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 health. It's not high. It's not just this this thing to for for fun, but it's it's this other purpose as well.
0: I like that health, not high. I like that, Doug. You like that slogan?
2: That is a great <laughs> slogan, health. I not like.
0: High. Have you have you played with that? Is that original?
2: I just yeah, it just came off the top of my head. I haven't trademarked it yet.
0: Just like it's a whole. <laughs> I know what you're doing week. after this. Yeah, you should for sure.
2: That is oh, great. God.
0: It's a it, it's a good one. Um, you mentioned CBD. It, it, again, it just kind of reflects on how things grow virally in our world now, when the consumer is in charge of creating their own media, their own content, and sending it out there, and To me, one of the biggest issues in our country is the lack of sleep. And the CBN cannabinoid has absolutely helped people get a good night's sleep, including moi. Okay. I'm now using a product that is a CBN dominant gummy and I'm sleeping through the night, which hasn't happened in
2: many years. Um, so I, again, Jimmy, Everybody. Let me let me tell you a quick story. When I was in Vegas, I, yep. I took 40 milligrams because I could take 100 milligrams and forget that I that I took anything. That's how high my tolerance is. Yep. So I draw I, I ate 40 milligrams and then I hit the casino floor. I ran into uh, a friend of mine who I wasn't expecting. And then after the conversation, I didn't even get outside. I was going to r- walk the strip and hang out, you know, just see stuff. This is Monday. This is day one uh, yep. when I just got in. And then uh, after the conversation, I realized, like, whoa, like behind my eyes, it hit behind my eyes because this edible I had from Swift was THC, CBD, CBG, and CBN. Yeah. And so just, you know, the the entourage effect, especially with that CBN, yeah. like it hit me behind the eyes and I was like, whoa, it's only nine o'clock. I got to go to bed, you know, and I wake up to all these texts like, hey, man, it's go time. Let's do the, you know, like all these friends, I got all these texts. I'm like, "Uh, uh-uh, I was out, just passed out, didn't even make it out of the floor off the casino. Well, it, it, it
0: can impact you. Uh, and when you especially when you're, when you're doing um, like at a, at a show, you get samples, if you will. And there's a lot of gifting going on uh, in the world of cannabis, and you really don't know but I still like being able to go into a medical dispensary and know exactly what I'm going to be putting in my body and and be in control of it. Okay. Not out of control. And that's one of my biggest beefs with uh, a lot of the edibles is you just can't You don't know when it's going to hit you and how it's going to hit you. Um, We're going to a a golf
2: tournament and then somebody gives you something and they're like, that was psilocybin. And you're like, Whoa, I didn't sign up for this. Right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. 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 Right. (laughs) We signed up for another half hour of content and we do have a guest we're expecting. I'm not going to give the name because I never want to set them up for defeat because sometimes they Things come up and people don't show up on a Friday afternoon. We get that. We're going to take a break and we'll come back on the other side with the final
2: half hour of Green Rush Live. Don't go go away. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe or don't. And I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go
0: to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Are you looking for the next great cannabis business to invest in? Then you need to check out the MJ Bulls podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Humiston. Join me each week as I speak to both cannabis entrepreneurs who are raising capital and cannabis investors who are investing capital. Our 10-minute episodes are perfect for the busy investor. Start listening to the MJ Bulls podcast today, wherever you listen to podcasts. And who knows, maybe you'll discover the next cannabis unicorn.